Welcome or welcome back to Church Media HQ. My name is Luke Clayton and I am your host. My featured guest today is Nate Skelly of Financial Pathway. Nate is a financial advisor and really expert on all things finance. He has his own podcast called the Financial Pathway Podcast, so I encourage you to check that out. And he also helps both individuals and churches alike create a financial plan uh, that helps with retirement, uh, getting out of debt, all types of different services that Nate offers there. And he is my personal financial advisor, and so I would highly recommend that you check out nateskelly.com to look into what Nate can offer you for either you as an individual or you as a church. Well, let's get right to my conversation with Nate Skelly. Well, I think I think a good uh, a good just kind of real time example of that. We're obviously going to see us come out of the pandemic under Biden's administration. That's just how things are naturally. Uh, and the economy is going to go back into full swing. I, I'm tired of trying to predict when, so I'm not going to. Uh, but I think I can be pretty confident that in the next four years will normalize and things aren't going to be as... Because uh, uh, we're already seeing, you know... Yeah, oh gosh, I couldn't live this way for another four years. But um, but what's going to happen is, yeah, the Democrats are going to say, Oh yeah, Biden, man, look, he let us out of the pandemic. And the truth is whether you like Trump or not, he under his administration is when everything was really put in the, the vaccines and, and, and all these different procedures. That was all put in the, in the motion under him. Um, and so it's a great way of looking at the same way with the economy. Uh, just because the economy is good or bad under a certain president doesn't necessarily mean that it's that guy's fault. Um, because unpopular opinion amongst conservatives here, yeah, we had a good economy under Trump, but that's not necessarily accredited to him uh, directly. Um, I'm sh- yeah, there were some policies and things that he did that I'm sure helped it, um, but it's not that you say this is uh, 100% Donald Trump gave us a good economy. I, I, that, that's not a very objective statement. Yeah, it's, it's never 100% on the president or a political party. You look at historically, the, the stock market has done better under Democrat presidents. So, you know, people are like, oh, look at that. Democrats are better for the market. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's not what we learned from that. What we learned is that good companies will innovate. They'll continue to provide goods and services, and they'll find ways to make money under any political environment, Republican, Democrat, or otherwise. I mean, that's the lesson we learn. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just brings us to a, a good, uh, just, I guess, general principle to keep in mind as far as, you know, like you, you kind of, kind of circling back to what you said earlier, a, you know, we as Christians, uh, you know, we, our faith is what kind of determines our, 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 how we live our life. I mean, that's what should be at least is what we believe about God, about the Bible. Um, and, uh, and, and I think we need to keep in mind that like, let's not get to the point to where we're, um, putting our faith in the government, you know, um, the government needs to have a, um, I think we need to keep it in a proper perspective in terms of its role in our life. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I forget. I've heard someone say, you know, hey, under every single president, uh, I have made money and I've lost money, um, but it all came back to me uh, and my decisions. And so, regardless of what gets thrown our way under any administration um, or president or or politician or whatever it may be, it's ultimately not up to them. 
Um, if you personally succeed financially or if your church succeeds and grows, um, it, it's up to you. Uh, and it's a personal responsibility in the government, and, and nor should we uh, depend on the government to be our uh, saving grace. That, 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 that's, that would definitely be a very backwards position from Scripture. Yeah. You, you remember when the whole phrase, thanks, Obama, was like the thing? Yeah. Like your car doesn't <laughs> do. start. Thanks, yep, Obama. Yep. <laughs> and it just kind of yep. took to the kind of a, a silly extreme, that whole idea uh-huh. that really for your church, your personal finances, your business, you and the decisions you make have way more to do with the outcomes than who's in the White House. So like exactly. for me... I'm, I'm pretty optimistic, not about, oh, because I think Joe Biden's going to fix our country or because I think Donald Trump or any other politician is going to fix our country and make everything great in my life. I'm optimistic because I know those things only have a very little impact overall as far as my, my, my relationships, my faith, my finances, all of the aspects of how I live my life very little of it is truly radically affected by who's in power in the White House. So, I mean, we can be informed, we can be involved, and I think we should be. But at the same time, I don't think we need to be overly optimistic or pessimistic based on who happens to be in power. Uh, I think we can temper those things and put our hope in God and, uh, and, and not that's a so noble old. idea for Christians right there. Put your hope in God. I, I like that. Well, I yeah, mean, I, mean t- I think I was the first one to come up with that idea. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard anybody say that before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to put put your hope in God. Nate Skelly. Uh, remember that. that. That's yours now. That is your quote. Me. Trademark. <laughs> um, but but to 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 use the I mean let's think worst case scenario uh, I guess worst case scenario there is um, religious liberty goes away uh, you know freedom of speech truly goes away you know we lose our liberties you know and not to say that 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 would never ever happen of course anything can happen you know nations rise nations fall. Um, but think about it as the church, as a Christian, let's say that, that something does, you know, the devil snaps his fingers, Thanos style and overnight, uh, you know, as soon as Biden becomes president, uh, that we are living religious liberties are pulled from us, you know, churches are shut down, whatever. Well, honestly, and I'm not, I certainly would never hope that never would I hope that, but the church has always tended to thrive in persecution. If you go look at the first century church, well, the first century church, I mean, the, Paul, the apostle Paul, just for example, he reached thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people under a Roman dictator who hated uh, the Christian faith, who hated Jesus Christ, who, who killed Christians and, uh, you know, burned them at the stake, threw them to literally fed them the lions. Um, and the church thrived under that. And so I think it goes back to, I'm certainly hope that's, I, I'm very grateful and thank God for our religious liberty and our freedoms that we have as, as, as an American. But in the worst case scenario, uh, the, the worst case scenario, our mission doesn't change. Uh, and we, and, and God can still work, um, and not to, not to get preachy there, but I mean, it's, it's the truth. God can still work. His church can still grow and, uh, the gospel can still get out. Uh, and the government really ultimately can't and shouldn't affect that. Yeah. I mean, look at where the church is thriving right now in China. Yeah. I mean, that's, and their reality in China is 
it's the actual reality of, of what people are afraid of happening here. It's what people mm-hmm. project as worst case scenario here is the reality over there. And the church is thriving because, yeah. because it's, it's not about a convenience of, oh, because I have the freedom and the liberty and the opportunity to worship freely. When, when you're faced with persecution, it really comes down to, do I believe this or not? Mm-hmm. So you can't be a yeah. casual Christian. You can't be a, a, a Christian just because it's, it's easy or it's cultural. I mean, it's a commitment. Yeah. And so that's why, again, I think Christianity thrives in those environments because people that are in, they're all in. And like you, I would not wish that. I'm very thankful for freedom. I think everybody should have freedom of religion and be able to worship as they, as they, as they believe. But even if it changes, yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't change our mission. It doesn't change our hope. doesn't change the reality of, of how we believe in practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we got a very, very, you know, compared to persecution in China and, and that, this is nothing. But I think we get a very, very small taste sampling, if you will, of, of suppression of the church Um back when the pandemic started and everything locked down and churches had to close their doors out of safety concerns. Um, now, granted, I think we should all understand pretty much with the exception of some states that wasn't required. That was most churches came to that conclusion on their own. Nonetheless, it did. It prevented the church um, as a whole from reaching people in the conventional method that they had that we've become accustomed to, which is, hey, you come to church on the weekend and, and whatever. You had to go. You had to go online. You had to go digital, and it's kind of like the last time uh, that you came on in the summer. Our theme was we were talking about this idea of a reboot, and you know how everything we just kind of everything shut down and restarted, just like you would your computer or something. And and again, I, I keep coming back to this as a recurring theme uh, on when I have when I do have these conversations is. We can't let that go to waste. Uh, we have to uh, realize that, yeah, there were some things uh, that that there's some changes that have come to our world and to the church specifically. Uh, and I believe those changes are here to stay long after COVID-19 is in uh, you know our rearview mirror. Um, and, you know, we have to realize that, and you said this term earlier in reference to businesses, it's all about innovation. Uh, you, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the market thrives, not because one president is in power or another, it thrives because regardless of the government, regardless of the president, regardless of the regulations, businesses continue to innovate. And I think churches need to continue to innovate. You need to continue to adjust to, um, you know, the circumstance that you're in, whether that comes by way of the, uh, uh, like whether that's your, who your president is or who, you know, who controls Congress, church has to continue to innovate and uh, don't let, and I keep coming back to this, don't let 2020, um, don't waste 2020. 2020 sucked. I'll just say it. It sucked by and large for everybody. I know, but it, uh, it, it does not, um, it, 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 we, we can learn from it and we have to learn from it and we have to change and we have to adapt. We can't just long to get back to normal. We have to, as I've said many times, create the new normal. Um, and that, that continues regardless of who's in office, uh, that, and that continues in 2021 where I heard someone say the other day where 2020, uh, tore it all down. Uh, 2021, we try to build it all back and we build it back not to steal from Biden, build back better, 
But you do. You have to build back, and it has to be better than before. Um, so <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, yeah, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss. There has been some great humor to come out of the Trump presidency from um, the comedians and the. Uh, I think. Are you a fellow Babylon B fan? I think we've discussed. Yeah. They're they they're conservative satire, you know, kind of like the Onion, but for conservatives. Um, and I love how they uh, they poke fun at everybody. I mean, really, they they don't leave. They they poke fun at the left. They poke fun at the right. And they were just consistent with great Trump, like satirical Trump articles. Um, I'm gonna miss those. I hope they. I hope I hope Trump does continue to run his mouth so that we can. Uh, um, so that they can have something to, uh, to, to make fun of there. Cause it, 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 it really was some good, some good satire came from that. I think my favorite part of, of satire sites where there's Babylon beer and the others is going to the comments and seeing people that like react to satire as if it's real. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They're there. Like there's an article, it's satirical. Obviously it's poking fun at some quality or some, you know, and then people get on there and they want to have a real political debate or like it's just yeah it's just hilarious to me how it just goes right over people's heads so so often yeah the the uh it's it's pretty funny the babylon b actually has a they have a podcast as well and, so, and i listen to it and they from time to time will highlight an article and, and it's happened on both sides that either the right took seriously or the left took seriously um, and it's just a and those that's funny because like stuff got goes viral and you know people yeah, and uh, they they've been fact checked by you know Snopes a couple times or actually several times, and and uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I'm like really people you 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 have to have your head completely in the sand to believe that any of this could be real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that is the truth. Uh, um, but uh, well, Nate, is there any other um? You know, just even if it's just the simplest, is there any other practical advice that, again, regardless of who uh, who's in power uh, in terms of, of government, um, that you can give people as they start out here the new year? Yeah, I, I would say um, don't let what's happening in politics really derail your financial goals, your financial plan. Um, don't let it change the way you invest. If, if, if it made sense to invest in a certain way five years ago for your long-term, this really doesn't change the equation. Um, and, and, and just, just from a, a mental um, standpoint as well, like, honestly, I, I, I think it's healthy if you, you just shut off the news more often, uh, get on social media only for a limited amount of time. I've been in, you know, I've, I've had social media for probably what, 10 years now. And sometimes I would see people years ago, they would, they would kind of vent on social media about, oh, social media is just so toxic. Why do I even get on here? You know, it just makes me more depressed. And I was always kind of like, well, maybe you need to get new friends. Maybe you need to like, you know, get a different circle that you're following because that's not what I feel. Mm-hmm. However, over 2020, I felt that oh, several yeah. times. I felt yeah. that toxicity of like, why am I even scrolling Facebook right now? Why am I scrolling Twitter? Like, there's nothing helpful here. This is just making me angry. This is just making me sad for the state yeah. of, of the public discourse. So um, honestly, I think it would, it would do us all good to sort of detach a little bit 
from social media and from the 24 hour news cycle. I'm not saying you need to go off the grid, but just temper it, have it in its, yeah. its own place. Don't let it dominate your life and dominate your thinking and dominate your time. It's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my, that would be my uh, advice. And kind of going back to what you said, Luke, as far as like churches and, and learning from 2020. Yeah. Like I, I think as with anything, yeah, you couldn't control 2020, but you can learn from it. And so churches have learned how to adapt in their, their live streaming, their, their social media engagement and, and, you know, just different aspects that it was like, oh man, they just kind of forced you because that's just the reality. People aren't coming physically. So we've got to get the message out to them. We've got to connect with them some other way. But I think it's also revealed a little bit of our own commitment just individually, because um, I think across the board attendance, even now that um, churches for the most part are back open. And I get that some people have COVID concerns and that's totally fine. Some people are very cautious. Some people are at risk. They're elderly. They have pre-existing conditions and they're staying away. And that's, that's fine. I totally respect that. But I, I think what's clear is that there's a pretty large segment of church attenders who are not concerned about COVID. They've just got out of the routine of church. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I don't really miss it. Mm-hmm. And so I, and, and, and honestly, I mean, while that's kind of like, hmm, it's, it's sad for a church leader or for a pastor to be like, man, I, there's, there's people that used to come and they just don't come anymore. And it's not because of COVID. It's just, they just don't come anymore. Um, but it's also maybe a good thing because it's a little bit of a test of our commitment. So yep. if, if that's all it takes for somebody to say, eh, I'm kind of out on church and out on the Christian life. Well, I don't think they're really all that in to begin with. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it can be discouraging in one way, but we can also take encouragement from it to say, okay, well, maybe that was a little bit of a, a little bit of a pruning, a little bit of a kind of a, a, a test of, of commitment here. Um, but through all of it, good, bad, we learn, we adjust, we grow. And um, I think 2021 is going to be a great year. I know we, we have all kinds of memes and jokes already about 2021 being crazy and terrible, but um, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen uh, on a personal level on, on, uh, on a church level. Um, and even, even on a, on a countrywide level, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really not pessimistic. Um, yeah. Optimistic. Well, I think it comes back to 2021 will be as good as you want to make it. You know, I can look back at 2020 and I can, I can share just really awful things that happen both, you know, in, like I said, on a, on a worldwide scale, uh, but also to me personally. And, um, you know, it's not fun. It's not exciting. It's definitely not what I would have wanted, but there's also a lot of things, uh, that I'm actually really happy about. And I'm very pleased with, um, the, the growth that I personally experienced in 2020 in spite of all the bad stuff. And that is, we have to continue with 20. And you, you know, we talked about this earlier about new year's resolutions. And I think one of the best things that I've heard in recent um, years about, you know, new year's resolution, when you think about a resolution or even a goal, um, you, you kind of think about this big lofty, you know, thing that you want. And it's very, I guess kind of arbitrary. It's just kind of like, I want to, um, lose weight. Okay. That's a pretty common one there. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's good, but you know, something I heard, it comes from the, uh, the book atomic habits by James clear. Um, and I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but it's, um, 
people, uh, you know, basically more or less everybody has the same goals. Um, the person who is super overweight, they did not have the goal of being super overweight. Um, they had the goal of being fit, you know, the person who is wealthy or the person who's, 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 you know, living paycheck to paycheck and, and super in debt, uh, they have the goal of, and they probably still do of being wealthy and being financially, uh, free. Um, and the, the difference is not the goal. The difference is the process and the system that you put in place to achieve that goal. So I think one of the best things that, uh, that I've heard in recent years is not to, uh, there's nothing wrong with goals, but it's more important to, um, create habits than to create goals. Um, and so if nothing else for me, something I try to do at the beginning of the year is say, what, what habits can I adapt? Can I form this year, uh, that could lead to a goal, um, because, uh, another one of the great quotes, uh, I believe this comes from Craig Groeschel is successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Uh, and I think that can, that can be substituted in anything with a, a church with a, you, you personally, with your family, uh, successful churches will do, uh, uh, consistently what other churches will do occasionally. And uh, so maybe don't make this year so much about the big goals as you do about just, hey, what can we do consistently to make a difference and to, uh, you know, experience growth and success? Yeah, that's really good advice. I think I, I, I saw something, I'm, I'm, it's been too long ago for me to remember all the exact details, but the premise of it was basically we usually don't do well with major changes in our life. Like if we go from mm-hmm eating junk food, never exercising, never getting any, you know, recreation. Like we're going from just basically couch potato to, you know, now I want to be somebody who's like doing P90X or, or whatever. It usually doesn't happen that way, or at least it only happens for a very short stint of time and then it falls off. And what they were showing with the research and the study was that instead what's a lot more effective and long lasting is like you're saying, building habits and building them incrementally. It's not like going from couch potato to marathon runner. It's okay. I'm going to go from whatever my caloric intake is and I'm going to reduce it 10% and I'm going to walk my neighborhood every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not a huge leap. That's a pretty easy Mm -hmm. thing to do, but then you build from there. Once you can consistently do that for three, four weeks, then you kind of take it to the next level, but it sticks more often. You don't exactly. see as quick results necessarily. It doesn't maybe feel like, oh my goodness, I'm just so healthy now. But long term, a lot of times those things last, you know. Yeah. So Yeah. And something else I've heard, if you if you were to just adopt one um really solid habit that sticks. Um, and it's something that, that, uh, maybe again, is not going to overnight revolutionary, uh, you know, revolutionize your life, uh, or your, your career or whatever, but just one habit, for example, I'm just going to start waking up before six o'clock or, you know, not hitting snooze or whatever, just one habit. Um, and you just adopt one new habit like that every year. Um, if you're 30, uh, by the time you're 50, you're going to have 20 new habits in place. Um, and, and, and that have been compounding, uh, for 20 years. 
Um, and when you look at it that way, that's that's a, that you could see in 20 years some pretty radical change uh, to your life. And I've not been living long enough to know that that works because uh, I have not. I honestly haven't even grasped this concept until the past three or four years. I know, man. <laughs> It would be, man. I'd be so, I'd be so fit. You know, I'd be so buff right now if I would have started just lifting weights every day at, at age five. Um, but, uh, but I just think it's a good principle of maybe don't be so focused on goals as you are on, you know, those habits, those systems, those processes. And, and, and like you can ever saying, it makes it seem so much more attainable um, because it's just a bite-sized chunk every day. Um, and, and that, that can be applied to so many areas, especially your, uh, your finances. Um, what I always tell know. people is budgeting. Like I know people hate talking about budgeting cause it's cause you feel like if I talk about budgeting, that means I won't have any fun when I budget my money, I'm not going to eat out. I'm not going to go do something that, you know, I want to do. I'm not going to get to do this activity or take this trip or whatever, fill in the blank. And people feel like it's going to make them miserable, but it doesn't. Like when mm-hmm. you, when you just, just, just even tracking your spending makes a huge difference because you're so much more aware of, oh man, I already spent $200 this month on eating out and it's only the, the 14th, you know, mm-hmm. and I got more than two weeks left to go. And when you just have more awareness of where your money is going, it helps you to stay more disciplined. And it's like, it's, I think for, for finance, honestly, it's that one foundational habit that really is, is so key. And then you build yeah. on that. Um, but just consistently budgeting and tracking your spending would do so much for so many people's finances. And it's a habit, just like anything yeah. else. You know, it's just a yeah. habit. You get in the routine and then all of a sudden it's not even, it's not even a chore anymore. It's just, just something you do. Yeah. And uh, full, full disclosure, just to be completely transparent, um, that's something that I have said. That's one of the systems, uh, one of the habits I want to put in place this year because I have been relying on the excuse uh, for the past few years since I started my own business of, well, my income's not consistent, so it's not possible to budget. Um, and now, uh, thankfully, um, I, I actually do feel like I'm in a place where I can you know, pretty much guarantee on a set amount of income, you know, any given week and whatever, or at least a minimum. And uh, I can I can roll with it from there. So, uh, Nate, as, as someone who gives advice and expert to, to me and then to others as well, uh, are there any practical uh, tools um, that you might recommend for helping with the budget? Yeah, so I use everydollar.com. That's Dave Ramsey's site that's kind of part of his branded material. Um, You can, you can pay to have it linked with your accounts and just automatically bring stuff in. I don't do that. Not because I don't want to pay the money. Um, Well, I don't want to pay the money, but, (laughs) but I do that because I want to put the transactions in myself because it, it, it forces me then to be aware of every single transaction I've made in the month. And, Mm -hmm. and I'll usually go once, once a week, once every two weeks, and just all my recent transactions, add them in, income, you know, put it in there. Mm-hmm. And so I like that because I do it on the computer. I, I, I much rather just do stuff on the computer instead of paper. But you can, you can use every dollar. It's free. And then there's a paid option. You can use um, youneedabudget.com. It's, it's literally the name of the website, youneedabudget.com. Mm-hmm. It's like eight bucks a month, I think. So that's an option. Mint.com is free. Yep. And aggregate your accounts, you, you link your accounts and it brings on all your information. Um, 
the thing though with that is if you're not checking it regularly, it doesn't really help you. Like if you yeah. have something that's tracking your your spending, but you're not looking at it, <laughs> like what good is it doing you? Yeah, exactly. There's other apps, like there's quite a few apps that do the exact same thing with Mint. You link your accounts, you track your spending. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tools out there. Um, but honestly, if, if, if I'm being honest, I would say either enter them manually on the computer, like on everydollar.com or an Excel spreadsheet, or just download a form from online mm-hmm. and do it on paper. But just the habit of like actually putting in manually your spending in each category each month is huge. Um, and, and you'll start to tell like very soon how much more mindful you are with your spending. You'll be like, oh, okay. I already spent $300 on groceries. So next time I go, I'm just going to get this, 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 and this. Cause that's all I really mm-hmm. need. You know, it just, it's it just things like that. And then you'll be like, oh man, we're spending how much on utilities. Okay. All right. Yeah. We need to, what, you know, we need to watch how much water or, or power we're using. Uh, you know, I, I'm spending how much on auto insurance. Let me go shop that. Oh, look, yeah. I just saved $300 this year. I, I switched over to this carry. So it's, it's those types of things that it'll make you more mindful and you'll start seeing it show up in, in reduced spending. Yeah. Total random thing, but I'm only suggesting it because I literally just did this like two days ago. Um, as a business, uh, I have a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I have a fair share of uh, just monthly services and subscriptions that I'm on, uh, you know, different tools to help with my business. And, um, you know, I just went the other day and, uh, and looked and I don't, I, I didn't calculate how much I was saving, um, but it probably came out to at least five hundred dollars a uh that i'll save this year just because i switched over to the annual plans um yeah and that's a small thing that a lot of people don't think about because you know some of the things we spend on monthly are um you know we'll spend uh for example our electricity our utilities that's a monthly payment um there's really no way around that our mortgage um, are a lot of times cable, you know, Netflix only offers month to month. Um, and so a lot of times our minds get geared with, oh, there's really only, I just have to pay this every month. But the truth is, uh, whether it's subscriptions or insurance, um, a lot of things are actually, um, are actually uh, cheaper. They do offer an annual option and you pay a little more upfront, but it saves you money in the long run. So if you know you're going to be using something and you say, yeah, I'm going to be using this at least for a year uh, and you've got the cash to do it, then yeah, get the, uh, get the annual plan. You'll save a lot of money. Um, I was surprised how much I saved. Um, again, I should have done the math. I didn't think I'd be sharing this, but like I said, it's at least $500 um, that I saved uh, just by switching them over to the annual plans. Um, well, Nate, I, uh, is there anything else you want to share? I mean, seriously, I'm not trying to cut us short, uh, but we've been, uh, we've been chatting here for quite a while. It's been super educational and joy. Is there anything else, uh, you'd like to share, uh, with our listeners out there? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think this is probably a good, good stopping point right here. It's been good to just kind of free flow a little bit, uh, a lot of different topics. Hopefully, uh, your listeners will find it helpful. Some of the things that we talked about, but I like that. Sometimes, you know, you, you just open up a conversation, you see where it goes and um, you end up talking about things that you're much more passionate about. You know more about, you stick to what you know more. Yep. And uh, I, I, I enjoy it at least. Like when I hear people talk, whether it's podcast or other forums, I like just 
here in a real conversation. So that's been fun. Yeah. Well, that's that we switched to this format, you know, we're kind of trying this here in 2021 and yeah, I, I have found like after you get through that initial, you know, kind of like 10, 15 minutes of like, Oh, we're live. You kind of, you, you're, you're putting on your best behavior and then, but then you start to kind of relax and you just start to talk. And, um, I, I really enjoy this. I, like I said, you, you explained a lot of stuff, um, to me that I, um, you know, kind of, kind of knew about a little bit, like, like I said, the public option and some other things like, Oh, I've really fully grasped what that means now. Um, and I'm sure uh, a lot of those watching and listening, uh, feel the same way. So Nate, I appreciate that. Now, um, before you, I let you go, um, how can we connect with you um, and uh, learn more about what you do? Yeah. So um, financial pathway is the name of my podcast. So I talk about lots of different financial topics, personal finance and investing just did an episode on gold. So uh, I think I put that up yesterday. So go just listen to that this morning. Oh, yeah. good. Good. Is gold yeah. a good investment. Um, you can check out my Facebook page. It's also financial pathway. I'll put, uh, just, just little tips, some visuals. I'll up, I upload my podcast. Just try to do, just try to put uh, things on there that are helpful and, and good resources. And um, and then if you're a church leader, um, you know, just so you're aware, I, I do sessions for churches. I call it managing God's money. So if you would find that uh, helpful resource to your church to just have somebody come in and talk about practical matters of finance, but also what does the Bible say about finances, um, you know, be happy to connect with you about that. So. That's all I have to plug. That's it. Yeah. Well, again, I highly recommend Nate. I mean, I, I can honestly say this. I listen. I think I've listened to every episode of your podcast since you put it out. Um, and Nate, you truly do have the gift of teaching and taking something that could be potentially complex, like the world of finance and making it make sense. And so if for nothing else out there, if you don't, if you want to understand finances and things like insurance and investments and, and whatever it may be, um, you need to, you need to check out his podcast and, and the, the content you put on Facebook and, and YouTube and whatnot, because, uh, it really does help you get a better understanding of it so i've been super i've i've received value from it and i think others will as well so i highly recommend uh nate for that and then if you need help with your finances with with uh like i said financial planning and whatnot uh show him some love man schedule an appointment with him let's uh let's uh let's let's grow the biz for 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 a financial pathway here but um in all seriousness nate thanks for joining us and uh it's good to have you here with us and we'll have you again uh again sometime it's been awesome yeah appreciate you having me on well, thanks again for joining us here at Church Media HQ. We hope that you'll take a moment to subscribe wherever you're listening or maybe watching this content. We're available on all podcast platforms, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and many more platforms beyond that. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel so that whenever we drop new episodes or new content, you will be notified. And you can also like this video on YouTube or even on Facebook. And that is a huge help because it helps the content get seen by other church leaders like you. And we are grateful every time you join us for our episodes and the new content that we drop. And you hope you will continue to join us in the weeks ahead. Well, as always, I want to challenge you this week. Try something new. Just try something. Whether you think it's going to work or not, just try something. Because it is always so much better to fail at trying something great than to succeed at doing the average. See you next time on Church Media HQ.